Well, welcome back to another CSRM podcast. We have a very special uh, time today with a very special man and gifted, ordained of God, and uh, Ryan Wolf. Welcome to our podcast. We are uh, looking forward to, to hearing from you. Are you surviving the corona? As, as much as we can with uh, four people at home. My wife's a teacher. Uh, both my kids are middle school students, so we're all kind of working um, online at the same time in a very small house. And uh, right across the street from us, they're installing a new sewage system. So lots of commotion around us. Well, those of you that have paid a lot of attention to our podcast, you can tell this is a little different format, as is everything during our corona. Uh, experience together, and so we're not in our normal studio. We're just doing it here on a on a face to face teleconference, and uh, the sound or the, the visual quality may not be quite up to what we're used to, but uh, we're all flexing here, aren't we? So, Brian, thanks for joining us today. You uh, bet. Brian uh, has a a very special uh, ministry that he's involved with today, and Let's just kind of talk even about the words that we use to describe it and the language that we use. We're going to be talking today about how local churches can get involved with sports, rec, and fitness ministries and missions. It's a very special people. Ryan, tell us about those people and how we talk about this. How can we talk about yeah, um, so so again, my ministry uh, that I work with is called Ability Ministry, and uh, if you were to look at our logo online, you would see the word D-I-S and then Ability. Uh, the dis part of the ability is kind of striped out in our logo, so our focus is on the ability, uh, not about the disability and some of the negative connotations that come with disability. And, and Greg, yeah, you and I were talking earlier about just kind of uh, how do you navigate through the PC side of language uh, when it comes to, you know, disability or is it special needs or is it exceptional abilities? Uh, and really, uh, the verbiage is all over the map. And, uh, you know, what one person might find as acceptable and, and a good kind of verbiage, uh, others might be offended by. And uh, it doesn't seem like there is any one a uh, set of verbiage that make, that makes everybody happy. Um, you know, that's kind of why we've chosen to go with ability ministry, again, focusing on the, you know, the positives, because if you take the word disability, obviously the D-I-S is a negative prefix. It means to be without ability, and we know that that's not the case uh, for anybody that was created by God with a special purpose uh, that only they can fulfill. So, um, I think I think in the culture and the world that we live in, uh, when it comes to what is PC and what is not PC, it really is a moving target, and it changes. You know, it seems like it changes almost every year. So, um, you know, some people use the term special needs, some people use the term disability ministry, or some people use the word disabled. Some people use the word. Uh, you know, specifically to a specific disability. Some people would argue that they are autistic. Uh, while others would argue that they are on the autism spectrum. And uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, a consensus about what is the perfect way uh, to word things. So 
I think what's most important is that people see your heart in it um, and uh, and they'll be willing to deal with, you know, whatever type of verbiage you use. But again, our, in our ministry, we just, we, we choose to call it ability ministry, uh, focusing on, on kind of the positive uh, rather than the negative labels that society puts on people. That's excellent. And, and I also resonate with that, that it's a special ability and and that the emphasis is upon that they have unique abilities that others do not and maybe how you look at it might be that what might be called an able body in quotation is really has a disability that they're not even aware of um and and so i guess for the purposes of, of our time together we just want to people that our hearts uh, as much as humanly possible are right and we're not meaning to be offensive or hurtful in any way, we believe that uh, theologically that a theological foundation uh-huh. every single person is created in the image of God perfectly right where they're supposed to be created yeah. Absolutely. So Ryan, speak a little bit on this to the person in the local church and they've tried and they've said, uh, well, we have a special ability or we have a disability and all of a sudden somebody's offended. What's the next thing that they do when they sense that? That body language or even maybe the verbal language comes across. I didn't like that. What, what, what do they do then? I think in a kind of an individual uh, situation like that, uh, when you're speaking with someone, uh, ask them what they prefer. You know, do, do they have a preferred um, way of, you know, referring to, to that? You know, like, it's, like when I gave the example of autistic versus being on the autism spectrum, uh, people are very opinionated and uh, about what is right and what is wrong way to do that. Um, so I think if you're talking with someone and you see them start to squirm uh, a little bit, you can say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't want to be offensive um, about, you know, terms that I'm using. Help me understand what uh, what you prefer um, to use and, and kind of go from there. Again, I think, I think anybody that you're talking with, you're reaching out to, ministering uh, with, uh, if they see your heart, you know, they're going to be forgiving of the times that you fumble, and you will, uh, because, again, there is no one perfect set of language um, in this field of ministry. Excellent, excellent advice. And uh, we don't know, Ryan, people often tune into this podcast while they're commuting to work or they're on their treadmill, or they may be sitting in front of a computer watching it, and they've gotten distracted, and, and so... If, uh, if you've just kind of lost someplace along the line, we're here talking about how local churches can really reach a special group of people. And that we're going to talk about Ryan's experience here, and he's going to help us in some of these ways. Uh, one of the terms that I think you've used to describe even the league is, is challenger baseball. It, talk to us about... Uh, what challenger baseball? Give us a, a description of what that might look like. What does the field look like? What do the participants look like? The coaches look like? The umpires? Or just 
just describe that. Give us a pictorial of that. Yeah, here here in Stark County, I live in Stark County, um, here in uh, Canton, Ohio, and uh, we have uh, what's called Canton Challenger Baseball. Uh, Challenger Baseball is an official uh, part of Little League Baseball. So anywhere in America that you see Little League, uh, Challenger Baseball is a division of Little League Baseball. Uh, Challenger Baseball in our community is meant for kids, uh, any kids with any kind of disability, um, basically through high school. So, you know, as, as they're aging out of high school, they would age out of uh, Challenger Baseball and move into something like Special Olympics. But uh, a Challenger Baseball League is, is basically a little league uh, for kids with disabilities. The field, you know, Greg, you, you mentioned, you know, what does the field look like? It looks just like any other baseball field. In fact, Challenger Baseball plays on the same baseball fields that most little league uh, you know, little leagues play on as well. Um, so there's no difference in, in the field. Um, the, the style of play, you know, might be a little bit different. They don't necessarily play by maybe the same rules as, as a typical little league would. Um, where, uh, Challenger baseball, uh, is, is pretty cool. Um, everybody gets to bat every inning. Uh, there's no outs at first base which I think is awesome. So everybody gets an opportunity to get on base and, uh, and get in the action. <laughs> most of the time, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. On there. So if I'm a local church person, I don't need to build another field. I can utilize the field I already have as long as it's kind of designed for kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're playing, uh, you know, Little League Baseball, there's certain dimensions, you know, for, you know, where the bases would maybe be pegged at. Um, so, yeah, anything that would be suited for a Little League Baseball um, could be used for Challenger Baseball. Uh, and a lot of communities have Challenger Baseball. Like I said, it's a division, uh, it's an official division of Little League Baseball. Um, in different communities, uh, there are different leagues that may not be called Challenger. They may be called, like, a Miracle League. Um, so there's Miracle Leagues. Um, there, you know, obviously people are familiar with Special Olympics. Um, so there's it's no, different no, communities. No, have no, Miracle, yeah. Miracle, M I R A C L E, Miracle. Just, just, um, just what, just what, um, Jesus did. Absolutely, all absolutely. Right, right. So, mm -hmm. so keep going. So, uh, what, what do the umpires look like? Are there, what, do you need special kind of umpires? Do you need special kind of coaches? Uh, each each of the uh, each of the challenger teams, um, and like I said, they're they're all a little bit different because it's for any uh, kid, you know, basically through high school uh, with any form of disability. Um, so, I mean, as you can imagine, there's a lot of different disabilities out there, uh, and they're all welcome to play in challenger baseball. So. Uh, you might have, uh, for instance, a kid uh, that uses uh, a, uh, an electronic wheelchair um, that maybe has someone, you know, that's holding their hands on the bat with the individual uh, holding the bat, so assisting them to actually hit, and then they'll take off and go to first base after after they've hit. Um, you know, it could be somebody with just intellectual developmental disability uh, that's up there that's as able-bodied as you and I. Uh, playing the game of baseball, uh, and again, because of the varying ages and, and abilities, 
uh, out there. Uh, the team makeups are kind of all over the map. Sometimes uh, in different challenger leagues, they'll, the teams will be grouped more uh, by age and ability. Um, so you might have a team that's that's a really competitive team. Uh, you may have a team out there that maybe is younger uh, and, uh, and, and doesn't play as competitively. Uh, again, they're all a little bit different. Uh, the coaches on most challenger teams are parents of kids on those teams. Um, so this is, this is where I think churches have an incredible opportunity. Uh, an incredible opportunity to make an impact on a challenger baseball league is to recruit coaches to go coach in these challenger leagues because it gives parents an opportunity uh, to not have the burden of being the coach of being the umpire of being the first base coach uh, of assisting in the field they get to be a parent and they get to sit in the stands and they get to cheer for their kids rather than bearing the burden of making the league run uh, so churches can really really bless families in challenger baseball uh, by just recruiting coaches uh, to help man and run the league, um, so yeah, it's 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 an awesome it's an awesome league, uh, great opportunity for churches to get involved um, and blessing community. Great, great insights, and uh, I love the way that you're, I think, even inspiring or challenging those local church people to say, how can they be involved in this. Uh, let me let me go a little bit more into the, the details of the organization of this. Many of the people that tune into the CSRM podcast are the practitioners. They're the local church sports rec director. They're a volunteer, and when they hear something like this comes on, they may even go grab the person who they knew is interested in this kind of a, a field, and they're going to say, "Okay, I want you to listen and watch this." And they've got some of the questions. I'm trying to anticipate some of those questions and ask on their behalf. So when you call it an able body, you said like able body like you and I, uh, you haven't seen my babies. You'll have to take this by faith that I was a three-sport athlete in high school uh, many, many decades ago. But um, in those type of settings, it almost always starts with here we got a kid this age or this grade. Now, a lot of our churches have found out, particularly in the youth sport uh, area, that an eight-year-old can have a five-year-old body chronologically or an 11-year-old body chronologically. And eight years of age is really just a start. And so then they'll adjust their weight a little bit. County should be have an eleven-year-old. They might get moved up, but they also have to have the psychological and emotional attribution to go along with playing with eleven. Uh, but you get the sense that they start there and it's a little easy. But do you take other kinds of things into account to serve these special folks in special ways? Yeah, and again, I, I think you have to you have to rethink about what you think of sports leagues um, because, like, like you're mentioning, you know, you you may have an eight year old, you know, eight to ten year old league where you know you're slotting kids uh, based on age and and ability. Uh, where where in a challenger league, 
literally the ages on it and on an individual team, you know, could be anywhere from like six to, you know, 18. And uh, so the ages and the abilities uh, and the disabilities present on every team uh, make it a really interesting mix. And, uh, and I think that's why the rules are different. Um, it's not as competitive. You know, like I said, there, there are, uh, you know, no, no outs at first. Everybody gets on first. Everybody bats through an entire inning. Um, and, uh, everybody gets an opportunity, you know, to, to play in the field. Um, so it's not like you've got, it's not like you've got, um, you know, you, you've got first, second, third, you know, base, you've got your catcher, pitcher, and you've got your three outfielders. Every single player, uh, is in the field, you know, if they're not batting. Uh, so you may have an outfield, you know, full, uh, you know, you may have 10, 10 outfielders. Um, and, uh, you know, they may have five buddies with them. So you may have as many as 15 people in an outfield. And, uh, so, so it looks different. It feels different, um, than, than what you would call maybe your typical little league, uh, or, you know, sports, sports type, sports ministry type of league. And, uh, and, and there, there's some real beauty in that. So help our folks envision this a little bit. Does the, the inning end when the last batter has come up? Or if they haven't gotten their three outs in, in like in a traditional game, do they continue to bat until they get a third out? Um, how, how does that work? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and because, uh, because everybody gets an opportunity to bat every inning, um, you know, obviously, you know, somebody, somebody pops, pops out. Uh, you know, they, they get the opportunity to get to first base. Uh, and, and you're right, the inning does not end until everyone has batted through. Uh, and because everybody gets an opportunity uh, to get on base every inning, um, you know, there may be, uh, you know, the, the person that's up the bat, they may get 10, 15 pitches, you know, before they, they get to hit. Each team handles that a little bit differently, um, you know, because, because, it's not a timed thing. Uh, an inning could take, you know, a half an hour or more, you know, based on getting everybody through it and giving them an opportunity to hit. Uh, some teams will say, okay, we'll give you five pitches or ten pitches. And then after that point, if you don't hit it, we're going to bring out the tee unless you hit off the tee uh, to make sure uh, everybody's got a chance to make contact uh, with the baseball. Um, so, so, yeah, every team handles it a little differently. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it takes a while to get through innings. A typical under baseball game, uh, will only last two to three innings, uh, because of the time it takes to get through uh, the batting order based, especially based on team size as well. That's, that's really helpful for somebody who's planning their schedule. Mm-hmm. They have to figure out how many games they can get in. Uh, again, we're with Brian Wolf with Ability Ministries. And we're going to hear a little bit more about how God kind of took him into this whole area and and where he's at today and, and what some possibilities are and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring this uh, podcast to the close just now, Ryan. But we're gonna have another uh, one of these coming up. We often do this where we get into the topic and we talk to make make some different sessions happen. So, we're going to, in the next session, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the specifics of how to run a challenger baseball league. 
some of the things that you as a local church can do to make this happen and make it happen not only for the physiological, emotional, relational, social relationships, but also the spiritual side and how that, how that takes place as well. So, Brian, thanks for being with us here on okay. that segment. And stay tuned because we're going to go into the next one. And we'll look forward to having all of you listen and watch the next podcast. Thanks for joining us for this